You know that I am a big fan of children's literature and of the people that make it. Today, I want to tell you about how you can take those important first steps toward being a published author yourself. Zanny Louise, a published author of over 30 books for children, brings together all her knowledge and experience gleaned over her career in publishing in the Sunshine House Children's Book Course, an eight-module self-paced course. Learn picture book and chapter book writing, get creative prompts, and learn about the business end of author life, like arranging school visits, finances, and balancing your creative and business life. The course is reasonable at only 99 Australian dollars a year, which includes full access to the course and an online community, as well as monthly live meetings with Zanny and other students from around the world, where you explore your goals and keep yourself accountable. Children's Book Podcast listeners get 10% off when you use our special discount code, PODCAST. Yep, the discount code is P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Easy to remember. Visit zannylouise.com slash courses. That's Z-A-N-N-I-L-O-U-I-S-E dot com and click on courses. You are going to love the knowledge that Zanny shares and my guess, you're going to love Zanny too. Go sign up, use promo code podcast, invest in the writing career you've been thinking about. I cannot wait to welcome your books into the world. Hey, grown-ups! you listen to podcasts, but have you ever considered starting one of your own? I'm leading a six-session class through the Writing Barn called, wait for it, The Podcasting Starter Kit. This learning opportunity is designed for podcasters and storytellers of all experience levels to take a show from idea through production. It's not always easy to know where to start how to grow, or how to create a show that listeners of any age will want to return to week after week. Through this starter kit, participants will create and refine a show concept, develop and record a trailer, explore free and low-cost resources for production and show hosting, and build a general knowledge base of the podcast landscape today. Visit thewritingbarn.com to learn more or to sign up. Classes are held on Tuesdays, beginning March 29th, and running through May 2nd. We meet from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, and replays for online classes are available. So let's do it! Let's start you podcasting on the right foot. Visit thewritingbarn.com. Welcome to the Children's Book Podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm a teacher, a librarian, and a fan of kids. That's you. No matter the age, no matter the stage, I'm a fan. Today we are celebrating the power of story to connect, to inspire, to engage, and to affirm. Our guests today are John Shu and Lauren Castillo. John Shu is the author of This is a School, illustrated by Veronica Miller Jameson. He is also a children's librarian at Bookalicious and a part-time lecturer at Rutgers University. He was previously the ambassador of school libraries for scholastic book fairs and has worked as a classroom teacher and school librarian. He travels all over the world visiting schools and meeting with students, teachers, and administrators as he advocates for the people and things he cares about most, kids, books, 
schools, and the libraries and librarians that connect them. Lauren Castillo is the award-winning illustrator of many books for children, including Kirkus Prize finalist Imagine by Juan Felipe Herrera, Happy Like Soccer by Maribeth Beltz, and Yard Sale by Eve Bunting. She is the author-illustrator of the Caldecott Honor book, Nana in the City. This is a story by John Shu, illustrated by Lauren Castillo. Children's advocate John Shu and Caldecott Honor recipient Lauren Castillo celebrate the power of finding the perfect book in a story that's more relevant than ever. This is a word on a page. This is a page in a book. This is a book on a shelf, waiting. With a seahorse kite in hand, a child heads out with Dad to the library. On the way, they stop at a park, joining lots of people, some of whom are flying kites too. At the library, a person toting a big pile of books hands over a story on a favorite subject, the seahorse. All around, there are readers poring over books, each with their own questions, ideas to explore, hopes for the future, and imaginations ready to spark. With a warm, lyrical text and tenderly expressive illustrations, John Shu and Lauren Castillo invite us to imagine the myriad ways that books can foster connection and understanding, and how they can empower children through their own passions to transform the world. Hello, I'm John Shu, and I am a reader, I am a teacher, I am a teacher librarian, and I am the author of This is a Story. Hi, my name is Lauren Castillo. I am an author and an illustrator, and I am the illustrator of the picture book This is a Story, written by John Shu. You encounter thousands, if not tens of thousands, of stories each time you visit your school or public library. And yet, finding the book that's just right for you can feel like an impossibly hopeless task. If all goes right, though, you'll find that book, and that book will find you. This might be where a great teacher or librarian or grown-up steps in. It's important to explore lots and lots of different kinds of stories, because that helps you discover what stories speak most to you. And trying new stories can lead to finding new things to love. You may not have found that just-right book for you yet, and that just-right book will probably change as you get older. So I wonder, what does a just-right book look like for you right now? Go ahead and share with whomever is listening with you, or think it to yourself, or share aloud with me. I'm always listening. I might not be able to hear you, but I promise I'm always listening. What does a just-right book look like for you right now? The books that I think fit me and I think is a just right book is a chapter book that's kind of like Percy Jackson that has a lot of action, um, it has a lot of mystery, and it is just a good book in general. Um, they're like cute, maybe also funny. I like when they do have pictures. I'll say it feels very soothing and it makes me think of the books that are the ones that I return to over and over again. Those are like comfort objects to me. Um, so I would say, yeah, a, a very soothing, comforting type object. 
I think finding a just right book looks a lot like the child on the cover of This Is A Story, where she's holding the book, she's embracing the book, she's throwing back her head and her eyes are closed, and I bet she's just taken in the magic of the new book scent. Uh, for me, finding a just right book feels really magical, especially when that book comes into your life at just the right time. As the three of us know so well, a book often walks into our life when we need it the most. In a book that I wrote called The Gift of Story, I write about how books can be the perfect prescriptions to let us know that we are going to be okay. And we know that books can make our hearts grow, they can make our hearts change, and they can make our hearts more compassionate. So for me, a just right book can do all of those magical things, especially the affective side of story. This is a story follows a young child on their way into the library and ultimately into the children's book section. They wear a fish print shirt and carry a seahorse kite under their arm. But the story also starts with a book on a shelf waiting for its reader. And it begins in part with a librarian seeing that child, the whole child, and making a bridge between the story and a book on a shelf and the story of a child looking for a just-right book for them. Story is working on lots of different levels here, and that's kind of the way that that word works, isn't it? When I think of the word story, I think of a book, uh, maybe a fairy tale book, but a book that's made up and is fiction. When I think of the word story, I feel like joyed and really happy, I think. Yeah, I'm the short. I'm the short answered answer person here. Um, again, uh, comfort. Um, I made a little list. Comfort, inspire. Um, you know, thinking of all the stories that inspire and and stories that inspire me to create, but also just stories that I'm inspired when I read. Um, also, uh, memories and like hearing like verbal stories from. Um, older family members and, you know, hearing about family history. Those are the three main words that come to mind for me. I love that. And I love this question so much, Matthew. Um, recently during school visits, I started asking kids, what is your favorite word? I want you to think about what is your favorite word. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you'd like to share with me what your favorite word is and why. And there's always one child who very, I mean, many children, but there's always like the one who's like the first to shoot their hand up. And you know that they want to share their favorite word with you. And there's a story behind it. So that student comes up and they share with me what their favorite word is. And then I say to them, I'm going to give you a copy of a book called Flora and Ulysses by Kate DiCamillo. Because in that book, I learned what is now my favorite word. And then I say to them, I'm going to tell you what the favorite word is later during the book signing. But for now, I'm going to tell you what my second and third favorite words are. My second favorite word is joy. And my third favorite word 
is story. I've written two books with story in the title. This is a story and the gift of story. And I love the word story so much because it's the word that is always swimming around inside of my mind. And I think the reason I love story so much is because of stories. I've led to many connections and many changes within my heart and within myself. And I love asking children and adults to finish the sentence starter, story is dot, dot, dot. And right away, we see the way that I define story is probably different from how you define story, Matthew, and how Lauren defines, how you define story, Matthew, is probably different from how Lauren defines story. So I love how everyone has their own personal definition of what the word story means. You're listening to the Children's Book Podcast. We talk about books and stories on this podcast, but we don't often get a chance to talk about you, listeners. For many teachers, librarians, authors, and illustrators around the world, you are why we do it. You are why we keep coming back to our classrooms, our libraries, our writing desks, our drawing pads. What's it like for John Shu to connect with kids and readers? Let's hear it directly from him. Oh, it's so I mean, magical is the word I keep coming back to. Um, we are recording this in February, uh, the end of February. And so far in 2023, I've met 16,000 students. And every experience is so different. But I leave every experience feeling joy and feeling connection and feeling grateful that I have had an opportunity to stand in front of 300 and 400 kids at a time and really show them that reading can be a workout for your heart and reading can be a workout for your imagination and to learn from them, to learn from you listeners, to learn from you children, what the books of your hearts are and why and what you're excited about and what you care about and what you want me to know about your reading life. So it is an honor. And every time I leave a school, I write down the, the names of kids who I've met and I write down the stories that they've told me. And I feel when I'm there, I'm a bearer of their, their stories, taking in their stories, collecting their stories, critically listening to them when they want to share their heart with you during book signing. So I feel that I am a better person uh, because of all of the kids who I've met around the world. And it is, I, I love being a teacher librarian, you know, who has 200 to 300 kids a year. But right now in this moment, I love the most to be able to go out and meet thousands of kids every single month because I learn so much about the world and about humanity because of them. For illustrator Lauren Castillo, it's being a present observer of everyone and everything around her that allows her to bring such presence to her art. Yeah, I mean, I'm always illustrating the world I see around me. So, you know, I've chosen to live in cities my whole ad adult life from like Baltimore in college to New York City and for 10 years. And then I moved to Los Angeles for a bit. And now I'm in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So like cities are the places I like to to call home. And that's because I love to be surrounded by diversity. Um, and experience different cultures and different types of people. And and um, when I illustrate, I always want the art to be representative of the many types of people in our communities. So 
Some of the characters in This is a Story are modeled after children in my own neighborhood, uh, for example, like kids I pass on the street, I might like, you know, jot down a sketch or, or take a note about them and, and um, maybe that child ends up being in the book um, or even like um, my wife is a nanny and um, one of her former kids that she nannied um, is a prominent character um, in This is a Story. Um, so something, you know, people kind of show up from from either family, friends, uh, community members um, and then even in this is a story the librarian of course I had to model after John Chu um, because you know it had to be John Chu so that the little girl interacts with in the story um, so so yeah like taking from my life experiences like from the people that I I interact with on a daily basis and um, really making the community that I live in like alive in in the artwork Listeners, I'll include a spread from the book along with the transcript for this episode on my website at matthewcwinner.com. You'll get to see Lauren's illustrations of John Shu as the young reader meets him in the library. It's also the same spread that Lauren and John describe next. I asked if they wouldn't mind sharing a page or two with all of you. I know you cannot see the book right now, but we have two expert describers in Lauren and John, and they do a great job of communicating what's depicted in the spread. But we actually have the same favorite spread and the same favorite sentence. And this happened, you know, I'm also the author of a book called This is a School, illustrated by Veronica Miller Jameson. And she and I did a podcast interview just like this. And we also have the same favorite spread. So it's worked out so well. So so really, it's just one sentence. So Lauren, I'll read the sentence. And then if you want to describe what's happening in the art, does that yes. work? That sounds all right. great. And, all right, so here we go. The one sentence from our book, This is a Story, is sometimes humans need help connecting. You will see in the beginning of the story, we see um, before there are any words, where the wordless part starting with the end pages and the title page, um, a little girl and her dad and her brother heading out from their home and walking through their community, stopping to fly um, the little girl's kite before, uh, before heading to the library. So in the scene um, that I'm about to describe, the little girl has come into the library dragging her seahorse kite behind her. Um, and she's looking at the big children's book section and it seems like she needs some help connecting with a book or trying to find a book that may pique her interest. And so the librarian is on the right side of the page and he notices this little girl and um, he notices that she has a shirt with fish on it and that she's carrying a seahorse kite and he ends up um, suggesting just the perfect book for her on the next page. So in this particular spread, I'm, I'm uh, describing the little girl is kind of lost in this area of the library and the librarian is taking notice and ready to introduce her to a book that is titled Seahorse. <laughs> and, and I think in that moment, like Librarian Winner and myself would be thinking, I need to take you to the 597 shelf. <laughs> <laughs> 
because <laughs> that's where the books are going to be in some libraries in this particular yes. library that and you really really need when i was doing um research and and reference for or like looking for reference uh when i was doing the illustrations for this book i i got very familiar with the 597 section too <laughs> i wouldn't have been able to tell you where to find that book but now i can so so yes there's actually a spread in the book that has um, just a shot of the shelf of those nonfiction titles um, uh, about the different sea animals. And um, and yeah, I went to my local library to get a lot of the reference of what books I was going to show on that shelf and that spread. So I hope I described it okay. I think you described it very, very well. Yeah, and I have the I have the actual book that she checked do, out. Do you right want to here. share about that? Because the, the books that, that do appear in here um are all are all actual books i i, I know on the back yeah, you've got and it was most permissions to have 100%. all the covers but um it was it was uh, so so often as i was flipping it was just really neat to see a lot of my friends mm. a lot of the books that i love as well and the books my students love um displayed throughout the the, the story no, and that that's what's so fun is there are so many Easter eggs. And for some people, they'll be like, I think it's that book. I think it's that book. And then when you get to the back, as you said, Matthew, in the bibliography, you see all of the books. And recently, someone tweeted a display that they created based on the books within the book. And, and that librarian that created the display is the great Rhonda Jenkins at Kendall Elementary School in Naperville, Illinois. So yeah, I love I love all of the Easter eggs throughout. And you know, and, and Lauren and I did not work closely uh, on the book. And I love looking through and seeing all of the books that Lauren selected are many of the books that are, you know, touchstone books for me, are forever books for me. So it's fun for me to see the books that Lauren um, that Lauren uh, collected and that Lauren worked really, really hard to get permission from all of the publishers to draw them in her own style. Right. Yeah, that that's a whole job on its own. <laughs> but I was I, I mean, I was so up for the task because I really wanted to display all these books that I loved and I knew John loved um, within the art, you know, and I think that that that's really fun for will be really fun for readers to to notice some books that they love um, within the pages. And sometimes, you know, they're nothing more than a little scribble and you can sort of make out that it might be that book. <laughs> but I, I wanted to make sure that I also I knew books that were um, in John's top 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 of the list kind of books yeah, really speak to him and touch <laughs> his heart. so I tried to include those books like the one and only Ivan, of course, and, you know, a few others like that. John spoke of Easter eggs a moment ago, those hidden things in the art that are left for readers to discover on their own. But there's actually another hidden detail that John is revealing to the readers that he meets when he shares this as a story. I'll let John take it from here. Actually, Lauren, do you want to share what the, the main character's name is, even though the name is not in the text, and then what her brother's name is? Yes, sure. Um, we, John likes to have names for his characters so that when he goes from school to school, he can share the names of the characters with, you know, with all of these students. And and sometimes you run into, you know, a child has the same name. And of course, they're very excited when that happens. Right. Um, but yes, Greta is the little girl and her brother is Liam. Yes. Now, these two characters are not representative of any of a Greta or Liam that I know. Um, I just decided to choose those names. 
And they're perfect. I, I love both names. She, they, they, that looks like a Greta and looks like a Liam. So Lauren, <laughs> thank you for naming them for me. <laughs> I don't have kids, so I got to name the characters in my book. There you go. <laughs> well, I had so much fun connecting over stories with all of you today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in this conversation about being a reader, finding a just right book, and being seen by others in your life. As I prepare to head back to my library full of children, John and Lauren each leave you with a message. First of all, will you tell them all I said hello? Um, and will you share with them actually a question, a question that I love asking everyone I meet, that I love asking Uber drivers, that I love asking servers, that I love asking children, uh, which is, is there a book that feels like a best friend to you? Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, and I will say, hi, friends. <laughs> um, you know, don't be shy to ask your librarian or your teacher or your friends for suggestions if you're having a hard time finding books that you love. Because I know that, you know, it, for me as a kid, um, sometimes it was hard for me to find those books that I loved without help. And so I would I would urge you to to reach out and ask for for help because there those books are out there and they're waiting for you to find them. The Children's Book Podcast is written, edited, and produced by me, Matthew Winner. Follow the show wherever podcasts are found, and leave us a rating or review when you do. That helps us out a whole lot, because it helps the show get discovered by and recommended to new listeners. John, Lauren, where can listeners find you? Well, I'm I'm Mr. Shoe Reads, so Miss Mr. Shoe Reads. You can find me at laurencastillo.com. Visit MatthewCWinner.com for a full transcript of this episode, plus some questions that you can use as you think about this episode. Let me know what book feels like a best friend to you. What is your just right book? Write to me or send me a message at MatthewMakesPods at gmail.com. That's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-M-A-K-E-S-P-O-D-S at gmail.com. Want a copy of This is a Story? Jonah, Julia... Where should our listeners look? Check your school or public library, your classroom, or if you want to support independent bookstores, you can purchase a copy at bookshop.org. I'll have a link in the show notes. Our podcast logo was created by Duke Stebbins. Our music is by Poddington Bear. Podcast hosting by Libsyn. You can support the show and buy me a coffee at matthewcwinner.com. We are a proud member of Kids Listen, the best place to discover the best in kids' podcasts. Learn more at kidslisten.org. Fellow teachers and librarians, want a way to explore building a stronger culture of reading in our communities? In the Reading Culture Podcast, Beanstack co-founder Jordan Bookie hosts conversations that dive into beloved authors' personal journeys and insights into motivating young people to read. And I'm a big fan. Check out the Reading Culture Podcast with Jordan Bookie from Beanstack, available wherever podcasts are found. Anything else you want to share, kids? Don't let anyone take you down and just be yourself. Have a good time and have a good sleep. Classic. Be well and read on. <laughs>